Hey guys, welcome to the Women's Business Workshop podcast. I'm your host, Robin Walker, business coach, speaker, and accountability group leader. Here, female entrepreneurs and business owners like you can find support getting more focused and strategic in your business so that you can bring in more profit and get more time doing the things that you love. Today is the second episode of a series all about ideal client how to narrow it down so that you can attract clients easier and more often. Today, we're doing a coaching call with Impact Business Circle member, Perry Ashley. Perry is a life coach, and her Q4 goal involved booking more clients for a new program that she's working on certification for. So listen in on how we work through deciding what client would be the best fit for a coach's experience and expertise, and where she can find and engage with these new clients. We ended up coming up with five different targeted places for her to engage. If you love what we did in this episode and would like it for your business, hop into the group coaching program that is starting October 19th. This is going to be the last group coaching opportunity for 2020. When we are done with the four-week program, you will have more clarity and a plan to attract more ideal clients, which this is great timing because then it is the holiday buying season, so a great time to have this foundation in place. To see more details and to grab your spot, go to womensbusinessworkshop.com forward slash path to paid, P-A-T-H-T-O-P-A-I-D. Today, we have Perry Ashley with us on the show, and Perry is a friend and member of the Impact Business Circle. Perry is a life coach, and her company is called The Other Side of Gray, and today we're going to be doing a mini coaching session talking about ideal client and how to attract them, where to find them, and what you can do to start engaging with potential clients. Perry and I recently in a mastermind call, we're talking about her ideal client. Usually she is coaching with women in midlife and beyond and has been contemplating a pivot. She has a new program that she's certified to facilitate and coach through. So we are going to be talking about pivoting that audience or keeping it the same and how to move forward. Welcome to the show, Perry. Hey, thanks for having me, Robin. It is my pleasure. All right, so you usually coach women in midlife and beyond, and what kind of things do you coach on? A lot of it is self-awareness. I take women through like the Strengths Finder. We talk about values, just who they are, and especially in relation to um, in Christ, just accepting themselves and you know that they are valuable, they are worthy, and they have a lot to offer. And I find that women in like midlife just have that gray area, like they've they've raised their kids, they still might be working, but they have more time on their hands and they're thinking, now what? And so I just help them gain clarity and direction. So this new program that you are certified or becoming certified to lead, tell us just a little bit about that program. What's the transformation or the goal of it? Okay. So a lot of us have a lot, a lot of negative self-talk in our head, like we're not good enough or um, we tend to please people and find that we are resentful that we did something just to, or we might avoid, avoid certain circumstances just because it might be painful or difficult, or we believe we are like 
we're, we're worthy because of what we do. Like that's the hyperachiever in us that our worth is bound up in what we do. But anyways, this program will help you go from those negative self-talk, that ne negative self-talk to an awareness and a piece of how to navigate using the sage part of the brain where we are calm and focused and um, at peace with everything and learn to take any kind of circumstance or challenge and turn it into a gift and opportunity. Okay, sounds wonderful. In that last mastermind call, when we talked about your ideal client, you had talked about possibly focusing on a different ideal client for this particular program. And we talked about how difficult it is to have two different ideal clients with two different offers. So really deciding, do I want to go with um, a new audience or stick with who I have? So tell us a little about who we talked about, who you were thinking about having as a new, more niche down audience for that program. Right. So um, I'm a physical therapist and I still have my license. And I think because I have transition to be a stay-at-home mom and a homeschool mom that in the back of my head I still want to hold on to my training and so I was thinking that I could serve rehab professionals, PTs, OTs, speech therapists because with all the crazy changes in healthcare and then you put COVID on top of it you have a lot of therapists that are unhappy in their jobs and they are thinking about switching to either a different area of PT or rehab, maybe they want to go to non-clinical position, they might want to get out of rehab altogether. Okay, so looking at it from the transformation that they're going to go through in this program, if you compare working with an individual that your previous ideal client that was a little more general as far as, you know, you can life coach about anything. So when you picture that person going through this program, and then you picture a rehab professional, Am I correct that you'd have a little more of that career counseling-ish type perspective coming at it with a rehab professional versus your previous ideal client? Possibly, but it's also about work-life balance and understanding like this would be a springboard. Um, the mental fitness could be a springboard to uh, shifting their mind to live in a positive light, using positive emotions to drive decisions, whether it's at work or home. And this program actually helps with relationships, mm -hmm. you know, at work and at home. It also helps with like anxiety and procrastination. And that can take place at work or home. But then also that person might need to do a strengths finder and might need to consider their values to see what really is a good fit for their career or so maybe yes, to answer your question, it okay. might be more career focused. Because that will, that will matter in your marketing and how you're going to try to attract these clients and the, True. the, the terminology you use and the content yes. you use. And I think focusing on a niche of an industry, I think a lot of your content would be really easy to pull based on the fact they're all in similar industries. Yes. So the, if you do any kind of group program, the conversations are going to feel more valuable to the participant because they're all going to be on a similar page versus your other, your other ideal client, uh, the woman in midlife and beyond. The conversations can still be great, but if it is going to be focused a little more on their work-life balance or how they can bring this into their career or uh, 
you know, their home life when they get home from work, I do think the conversations will be better in a group program coming from a similar industry. That is a great point. I can see that. It, it does provide clarity to my marketing. It provides clarity to a group program that I could offer after this mental fitness boot camp. Mm-hmm. And I think people like that camaraderie of, you know, she knows exactly what I'm going through, or she's been in this place before, right. or have you right. tried this? So is there anything that's been holding you back from just jumping into that ideal client? Because I know we, you know, kind of go back and forth a little bit between the two. And for many people, it's really hard to release your original ideal client or the people you've been working with because you've put so much time and energy and love into that community. So I totally understand, but is, is there anything specific kind of holding you back? Um, wow. That's, that's a great, great question. So yes, um, I would say that even though I have been a PT in different fields and I have been a business owner as a, I had my own PT business, I have not worked in clinical care since probably for eight years. And I think part of me is hesitant to enter that world. Yes, I guess the the saboteurs are asking, are you going to be on top of things? Do you understand the latest in insurance and billing issues that these therapists are going through? But on the flip side, I guess I don't need to know those answers because we just talk about where their mindset is and how they can pivot and take challenges and see them in different, a different light. That was going to be my question is, do you need to be on top of billing like that? You're showing up as the life coach. You're showing up as the expert on this process and that doesn't require you to be an expert in every single thing of clinical, non-clinical care. That's true. They're going to bring their experience to it and you're going to help them sort through that experience. And they're not showing up expecting you to be, they're expecting you to be a life coach and they're expecting you to help, help them. And I think the fact that you have the experience, not only in the field, but as a business owner, I think that is just an added bonus and it's a really, I think, strategic niche for you with all of those experiences. So if you went to a therapist, you wouldn't expect them to also have worked in your industry. That's not why you're going to them. You're going to them because of their therapy skills. Right. That is true. I I am putting too much on myself, like, because I, a, a coach is not a mentor. They're not a consultant. You're right. I just need to stay in my coach. Yeah. Yeah. Bubble. Stay. Yeah. And anything you can offer to the conversation about PT or, I mean, I mean, I don't know that industry. So, and I'm still being able to help you. Sure. So anything you can bring from your experience is just going to be a bonus. It's yeah. just going to be extra, but it True. is going to help you stand out from the hundreds of thousands and millions of life coaches that are out there right now. So when you're in a saturated market, which I believe life coaching right now is, this is a way that you're going to stand out. This is how they know you are the life coach for them because you have the experience, you've been in their shoes, you can share stories without it having a 
a neuroscience right <laughs> component to the story you can tell the stories of when you came home after a shift and how tired you were and how you kept thinking about that client and all the human emotional components you can offer from being in their shoes sure like and i think that will help me with questions right to ask those powerful questions because i can see their life from different angles mm -hmm. and you're never never gonna know everything about every position <laughs> you know that is you're, true. you're never going to be able to keep up with that with like even mm -hmm. your words of the changing world of healthcare. so mm -hmm. you show up as as who you're meant to be and with your experience and i think this is super common the whole limiting mindset of i'm not the expert it's i don't know enough and you do true yes so at this point, do you feel confident going forward with this niche? Actually, I do, because I believe that when I was doing my brain dump for my avatar, like, mm -hmm. like how, would I, how I would speak to the ideal rehab client um, re or rehab professional client, I was able to really be focused and market more specifically to them than I could women in midlife. Yes, because that is, like you said, very vague. It covers so many different people in so many different places in life. So this is very, very specific. I agree. And the irony is that often people are afraid to niche down or narrow down their target market. But in reality, once you do, so many things are so much easier. That is true. I think I feel like there's more freedom. Yeah, which is ironic, isn't it? That, that is ironic, yes. Yeah, you yes. would think, oh, well, now I'm limited, but there's millions of healthcare professionals that are going to fit into your ideal client market. It's True. still a huge market, but yep. your content on your page, now when they come to your business page, they're going to know they're exactly in the right place because the content will be able to speak to their life as a healthcare professional or rehab uh, yes. whichever words you choose, they're going to know they're in the right place. Where previously with a life coach business page, if you kind of serve almost, and, and you didn't, you still had a niche, which was great. Mm -hmm. So now when they do come to your business page, they'll know they're exactly in the right place because the content will reflect their life, their struggles, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to narrow down what is the transformation because it's going to be for a specific subset of people. And that's They're like, what you, you get me. Yes. yes. That's exactly what you want for your content for them to say, you get me. This feels like home. Right. Mm, love it. So moving on to the next step of being specific on what this rehab professional looks like and what their struggles are. Have you written down, not just in your head, but actually documented what yes. that person looks like. Do you want to share yeah. that? Okay. So I think I, this person would be currently working in the rehab field, whether full-time or part-time. Um, they are struggling. They're struggling with being happy in their job that they, they're kind of like frustrated or bewildered. I mean, they just feel like this is not what I signed up for. I no longer in, am in love with my job or possibly they need to shift to a different area or to a non-clinical position or even out of the field. Okay. 
So I like that you have focused on their mindset and their struggle. I think that's something that a lot of people miss when they're describing their ideal client. They just have a big list like shop at Target and 34 to 64 live in this town. And, and those are all fine, but I like that you focused a lot on their mindset and their struggle, because I think a lot of times that's more important than just the demographics. If we clarify a little bit of those and you have working in the rehab field, PT, uh, full-time or part-time, is that any rehab field? And do you have maybe like the top four fields you would want to focus on so that it's not everything and anything? For people who aren't in the industry, what, how would you describe a rehab professional or working in the rehab industry? What does that mean exactly? Okay, so it would be a physical therapist, occupational therapist, or speech therapist, or assistants. Okay. In, in the industry. Okay, that's and very clear. One struggle, though, is um, I have been tailoring for women. Mm-hmm. Do I also bring in men? Because, like, how do you market <laughs> and exclude men? Or should I just be open to anybody? I would think of the, the group experience. And there's some group experiences where co-ed works and it works very well. And there's other environments that all men might work better or all women might work better. Picture this group experience happening. Do you think there would be a benefit to it being all women as far as what they can relate to each other or, or how they can relate to each other? I do believe it's a benefit to have all women because if they're a mom, they have that struggle, like how do I balance being a good mom and a professional and wanting to do well in my industry and, you know, give to my clients or my patients. Um, I think if I did include men, the groups would be probably split up between men and women because I think men would be more vulnerable with men in the group. Women Mm -hmm. would be more vulnerable with women in the group. I would agree. And with the clients I've worked with have found that as well. And, and I think in that industry, women might be dealing with other issues as well. I know in the workplace, there's men and women have different experiences in the same workplace. So they might feel more safe or comfortable sharing that aspect as well in a small group. Yeah. And even now women still have to fight for positions mm-hmm. and pay. Whereas men still tend to make more. Do you have a gut feeling on marketing to men and women or just women? Would it make it easier to market if you just focus on one or the other? I think when I speak to my avatar, it would be easier if it was just women. Okay. Well, then the more, you know, you've, you narrow down that focus, the easier it will be and the easier your content will be. Another thing you can do is find someone else that does this program as well, that's also certified, that hosts a group for men. And that way you can refer anyone who comes into your orbit. Maybe you meet at a networking event or a family friend that is male, then you have someone to refer them to for the same program. That would be fantastic. And then that would be a great partnership where we just refer to each other Excellent. Yes. So that we can add to 
Um, if you can seek someone out that's currently in your program or in your cohort that would be interested in something like that, that can be part of your attraction plan is to get referrals from other coaches. This will also make it easier for people to refer you because they know exactly what you do and exactly who you serve. That's I true. have a lot of clients and friends that are life coaches and I have different people I refer to different coaches based on their specialty. So I think this is super smart. Sure. Because really, you know, if you're a life coach, like midlife women and beyond, right? Like, so what do you do? But if, if I say I'm a life coach for female rehab professionals, you know, that is like, that will enable me to be the go-to person, right? Because mm -hmm. if I was a life coach for women, midlife and beyond, well, there's a lot of coaches like that versus this specialty niche. It's also so. going to give you more confidence in your messaging and more True. confidence in speaking out about what you do because you're going to be so clear on what you do that it's going to be really easy to answer. Absolutely. Yes. Love it. All right. So we have a couple more minutes that we can talk a little bit about where to find these potential right. clients. So we added women to your descriptor. We have PTOT, speech, and their assistants, full-time, part-time working in rehab field, and struggling or unhappy in their job and looking for something more or wondering why it wasn't. What they thought it would be. Yeah, exactly. So when you think of these groups or you were in that industry i know it was a while ago and things changed with social media i know in teaching back in my teaching days there was no social media so i know things are a little different now but where off the top of your head do you picture um finding them definitely linkedin and there's lots of facebook groups the the challenge with facebook groups is they don't want you coming in and marketing. So it's, I've always had a hard time, like how do you enter into the world of that group and be supportive and get the no like trust factor and not be able to market? Well, they pretty much, they don't want you to spam their group, which I totally understand because you wouldn't want people right. doing that I in your that. group. Right, right, right. So I think there's a fine line between the words marketing and in spamming just depending on how you're doing it so the goal in the Facebook group is for you to stand out as an expert for your knowledge your skills your experience not what you're selling so when there's opportunities to give support to someone without it being in a salesy way just giving your expertise or asking a question that might lead them to an answer, uh, you know, a realization, that's how you want to show up. You just want to show up giving value, giving expertise, helping people out so that it gets to a point that people know you as someone helping and that, oh, she always, she always has a great answer. So you're never pushing your stuff you're not linking your, unless someone asks, you're not linking your page or saying, oh, I have a great offer that would help you. That's not what you're doing. You're showing up in there as an expert 
And then what tends to happen, so let's say it's a business group and someone is always giving great expertise on content and how to word things. When someone has a question about it, someone else is going to tag that person and say, you know, Susie Q always has great information on websites or Susie, do you have any input? So the more you help with that, the more you get known as an expert that can help with this specific thing. And the beauty is if it's a group all of physical therapists, there's not going to be many life coaches in there. So what you're offering isn't necessarily the answers that everyone else is going to be offering. Sure. So it will be a little easier to stand out as an expert helping. So it's purely going in with a servant's heart of, I'm going to add, you know, value. I'm going to ask good questions. And then the goal is, is that then when they need you, they can come find you. Uh, make sure in your Facebook profile, your personal one, that's what you want to go into the group with your personal profile, but make sure in your about section, you have it public, your link to your business page or your website. Your job description would be owner, founder, or CEO, or whatever, or life coach at other side of gray, so that when they hover over your picture in the group, that pops up and they can tell what you do or they can go follow your page. But that information has to be public for them to be able to do that. You don't need to make the pictures you post on your page public or anything like that if you don't choose to. Just make sure that little about section about where you work and your website is public. Right. So I really do like that because then my personal Facebook page is still my personal page. Yes. And then it's a clear, and I would not be marketing to most of the people on my personal page ever. No, no. And, and, and that's so a that's huge beautiful. mistake. Yeah. People think that, <laughs> that sharing it on their personal page is smart. And really for most people, it annoys them because they're friends with you to learn about your person. You know, they're your real right. friends just want to hang out with you and know about your personal life, not your business. So I, that's a real clear way to keep them separate. But then when you comment on a post, if it's a comment, someone's like, oh gosh, that's a great answer. They can click on your profile and at least follow your business page. Love it. Okay. So the first thing I would do is go in, find a couple Facebook pages that you feel are your ideal client and apply to be a member of them. And then maybe set aside some time every week where you just go into the groups and kind of engage and get to know people. That way it's not overpowering and every day you justify scrolling Facebook as working on your business. Sure. LinkedIn would be another great place. Um, that'd be a great place to publish articles instead of just posts, but have articles about, about that industry. So three ways you can de-stress after coming home from working with patients. Just so the title pulls them in that they know it's something they need. So if you just said three ways to de-stress after you get home from work, anybody and everybody but if your article is specifically for rehab professionals, but you don't want to say three ways to de-stress after you get home from your professional rehab 
part-time position or whatever, but you could find a way to say from working with patients all day, a, a little something that's going to make them go, oh, that's for me. Because if they read it and they like it, then they can share it with other people. And usually people have in their personal networks, people from work or people in some, you know, that they went to school with. So that's a way to reach some new, new people as well. Yeah. And then I can look at um, publications for um, rehab therapists to yes. submit articles to them. Yes. We can come up together with some speaking topics, if you don't have any yet, um, that are specific to this industry. Maybe take some that you've done in the past and tweak them to fit this audience. But right now with networking events being online, I know a lot of groups are looking for speakers. Uh, sure. they're looking, yeah, they're looking for, for speakers in the industry that can offer a new perspective. So right. we could sit down and come up with three topics for you to speak on, and then you could reach out to these groups and offer to speak on one of these three topics. That'd be awesome. Yep. And, then we and I know that um, rehab professionals have to keep up CEUs. And mm -hmm. so if I can create a course about mental fitness that would be approved for CEUs, that would be huge. Yes, I did that for teaching. I ran a continuing education business and there for the state of Wisconsin where we're located, there is an organization where you can register as an instructor and they, you know, check all your, your background and then you apply to have your course approved for CEU so that I'm sure the same thing exists that you can apply for. That would be fantastic. So right, right now we have five different places that you can try to be seen by this audience. LinkedIn by publishing articles and connecting with other rehab professionals on LinkedIn. And for that, I would possibly, before you start doing that, I would add something in your LinkedIn bio about this or about rehab professionals. So when they go look at it, they know you're the one for them. Sure, I'll, I'll need to go in and change my personal bio as well as my business bio on LinkedIn. And make sure that your rehab or your PT experience and the business you ran are both in your, if they're not already there. So we have LinkedIn and then we have going into create building some relationships in Facebook groups that are filled with your ideal client, publishing articles for professional organizations, trying to get some speaking events, and then also possibly looking into a course or speech even that could qualify for CEUs. And that's the other thing, we would go into preschools and teach the entire staff a workshop and then the entire staff would get the CEU unit. So that's another possibility of going into places locally once that's allowed. Okay, so I feel like we got a lot clarified. How Absolutely. Yes, because I really felt like I would come in here and stick with the midlife women. And I am so happy that I feel good and confident moving forward with the rehab professionals. Okay, and isn't it funny? Doesn't it would you say it feels easier? Absolutely. I feel like there is freedom in niching down. All right. Well, I love it. Okay. What I always like to do at the end of a coaching session is come up with your next 
action step. I usually do one action step, but maybe we could think of two or three for you. So what do you feel like would be a good next step for you? And think small, easy, bite-sized steps. Okay, so I do need to change my bios for LinkedIn. Okay. Because if I'm gonna start posting on LinkedIn, it needs to um, be a clear message. Okay, I think that's a great first start. I will seek out five new Facebook groups of rehab professionals to become involved with. Okay. The other thing you can do right after this call is update your ideal client that we were just talking about to clarify that it's just women and anything yeah. else that we, we talked about, just yeah. so that you have it in print. Right. So anytime we talk will, about it, you have that exact list. Yes. So I need to write down the characteristics of my avatar. Yes. All right. So let's stick right. with those three things. Can you okay. recap for me? Yes. So the number one thing I want you to do is go write down your avatar description, whether that's in a digital document or somewhere you're going to be able to find it easily if I ask you again. I think that's the most important. I'm going to combine these two. I would write a new bio to reflect this audience that you're going to serve and how you can help them through your bio. And then add that bio to your Facebook business page and your LinkedIn. So you're just doing one bio and it's consistent in both places. All right. And then third would be to seek out five new Facebook groups and join. I'm going to caution you though against that being a black hole that holds you back from actually getting the offer out there and you know you could spend forever engaging in Facebook groups. So the sure. first step is just to find them. And then after that, then we'll talk about next steps after that. Sure. Makes sense. Okay. And then if you'd like, after you finish any of those, feel free to message me or post in the impact group that you have them finished. Sure. Thank you for sharing your business today and sharing the process so that others can learn from it and learn from your expertise as well. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you or they know a rehab professional that they would like to refer to you for this program? Okay, so my website is theothersideofgray.com and gray is spelled with an A. And um, on Facebook, you can find me at The Other Side of Gray Life Coach. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I will add all of these in the show notes as well for an easy referral if anyone knows anyone in that industry that could use some support. Well, thank you, Perry. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and I'll see you in the impact group soon. All right. Thanks so much, Robin. All right. Everybody have a great day and go get back to work. 